Welcome to Life on the Bubble. I'm Andy Katz. Pleased to be joined by my good friend, former colleague, uh, trusted confidant, Seth Greenberg, as we break down the East region here for the 2023 Men's Basketball NCAA Tournament. We start with number one, Purdue. Uh, they will take on the winner, Texas Southern, Fairly Dickinson. We know they're going to win that game. It's whoa, 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 wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. What the, what are we, we know they're going to win that game. Harvard on the Hackensack. I mean, the alma mater. You just dissed the alma mater just like that? I mean, that, that's You need to win the league. Get him I, the I mean, I mean that, that's, that's almost disrespectful. I mean, you say, you know, my confidant, and then you absolutely trash my alma mater? That hey, is unbelievable. I alma mater to make it, so there you go. Uh, I think they'll. I think they're going to win the playing game for Ellie Dickinson, but I think that they'll have a little bit of. They'll probably have to like put stack guys on top of each other to figure out how to guard Zach Eady. There, there's an issue so, there. Let's talk about Purdue for a minute. Um, they were the number one team in the country for a number of weeks. Um, I was there in Chicago. Uh, I sat there on that Big Ten Network desk, and I said, "You know, Zach Eady, Big Ten Player of the Year. He's a leader for National Player of the Year." But now let's see if he seizes this moment on this stage. And you know what? Not that he had to listen to me, but he did. He was even better in the Big Ten tournament. Multiple 30-point games, rebounding. I mean, no one could stop him once he got it in that low post. Uh, Doesn't really commit many fouls. Now, how he's officiated in the NCAA tournament? You know, in the Big Ten, guys are leaning into him. They're pushing on his back. They're by his tailbone. Uh, and he gets frustrated, but we'll see how it's officiated in the NCAA tournament. Their guards, as Matt, Matt Painter, I love Matt because he would just say, look, we do work on passing and catching. Sometimes, you know, it just doesn't work. But, yes, they got pressured. It caused problems. Late game situations, especially even at the end against Penn State, that's an issue. They're going to have to solve it. It could do it, it. It could be the thing that does them in. But I feel like Zach Eady's even gotten better. Mason Gillis is playing better. Um, and man, will you stop already? I mean, not like the Big Ten breakdowns. I mean, goodness gracious! No, I mean, we're dropping. We're, we're sitting on the Big Ten desk. Go I mean, goodness Go gracious! Will you stop? Yes, we know Zach Eady is a large human being. He's impossible to officiate. You play on the side of him. They throw over the top. You play behind him. He backs you down. Uh, they do a good job of feeding him from the top. All that stuff. They're hard to play against. Their guards have got to play consistently. They've got to get consistent play, especially Fletcher Lawyer's got to make shots. Mason Gillis is playing well. We'll get to them in the next round. Let's go to the next game. Boy, I'll tell you one thing. It is amazing. You get a couple shekels from someone, and you are definitely – it's unbelievable. It's a, I, I mean, you got a Big Ten network dropped in there. You got sitting on the desk dropped in there, and you, you basically broke down everything that could possibly, you could possibly want to know about Purdue. All right. Also, I I agree. Okay. Also in Columbus, the team that definitely could take them down, which we'll get to in a little bit here. Um, you know, of the eight nine games, to me, this is the one that is not as balanced as it could be. Maybe I'll be wrong, but you got Memphis taking on Florida Atlantic. Now, Florida Atlantic, Dusty made great job, went over thirty games in a very weak conference. USA, Memphis. Kendrick Davis put on a show. I know Marcus Sasser didn't play, but they finally took down Houston. They're playing their best basketball at the right time. They're long. They're athletic. Your thoughts on this 8-9 matchup in Columbus? I'm really impressed with Job Penny's done. I mean, you know, really. I mean, um, they've gotten better. They've got finally have a point guard. I call him a ball guard in Kendrick Davis. His ability to run offense, yet score, be selectively aggressive. Uh, 
has been really impressive. DeAndre Williams, about you know, he's he, he's older than probably every guy on, on the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, it's unbelievable. The guy, the guy's old. Uh, they have a maturity about him. This Memphis team that they haven't had, they've always been good defensively. I think they're really good offensively right now. They're playing well. They're playing with confidence. Um, you know, FAU's got the great win against Florida, uh, and that that was a big time win. Uh, having said that, and they 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 come out with you with numbers. I mean, they're two leading scorers coming off the bench. Uh, they shoot, uh, you know, about 30, uh, 36, 37 percent three point line. They're a physical defensive team. They run real motion, which could be a problem because it's easy to defend plays. It's hard to fit defend motion. But I think that I, I've been really impressed with what Penny's done this year. I really have. Uh, I think that uh, how they're playing has been uh, just as a team and the trust that they've had. Now, I do think that, you know, they, they, there'll be some problems. Uh, Vladislav Golden is a legitimate low post scorer, and they do a good job, FAU, playing through him. The pace that FAU plays with, the ability to turn people over, their depth, uh, all those things are, are in their favor. But I, I just think that Memphis has figured it out, understanding that they have a guy that they can play through in Williams and a guy who they can put the ball in their hands in Kendrick Davis. So who are you picking? I'm picking, picking Memphis. Yes, yeah, so am I. So we have a Purdue-Memphis game uh, on Sunday in Columbus. We'll get to that momentarily. Um, okay, 5-12. I want, it, before the bracket came out, I wanted to pick Oral Roberts against someone. The problem is. Well, that someone is Duke. There you go. And that's why when people, when we get this close to the bracket, everyone's, oh, who you got? Who you got? I say, I got to see who they're matched up with. Because if Oral Roberts was against someone else, I might have picked them. I'm not picking them here. Duke's playing their best basketball of the year. They're healthy. Um, Connor Van Over is not Kevin O'Banner in terms of a big with Max Acemas from a couple years ago when they got the Sweet 16. So I like Duke here. I guess the flip side is how can Oral Roberts beat Duke? Well, first of all, let's talk about Duke. What, what makes Duke so good? Well, they're 18-1 and one when they have their whole lineup. Uh, the move for Tyrus Proctor to the point and Roche to the two guard has been really, really brilliant by John Shire. He showed agility in, in terms of how he's coaching his team. Uh, and he showed great leadership, to be honest with you. Uh, Mark Mitchell understands his role now. The development of Derek Lively has been huge in terms of rim runner, rim protector, uh, does a really good job of, of rolling off of ball screens, playing in the dunker spot. Uh, Derek Whitehead buying into coming off the bench. Ryan Young buying into coming off the bench. Jacob Grandison buying into coming off the bench. Uh, that, that's been really impressive. Uh, look, Max A. Smith, he, he, can, he can get it going. I think Tyrese Proctor is one of the better perimeter defenders I've seen. Uh, I don't think Oral Roberts wins this game. They're not good enough defensively. Uh, they are top 30 in offensive efficiency. They don't turn it over. They get good shots. But this is a bad matchup for them. So we agree. The game's Thursday in Orlando. Duke wins. I actually thought Duke was going to be a four in Greensboro, not a five in Orlando. Uh, also in Orlando on Thursday, a beleaguered Tennessee taking on Louisiana. Again, you know, and this is me here. This is a 4-13 game. I think if Tennessee was playing a different team, I might pick them to lose in the first game. Um, the problem is they are playing uh, 
you know, Louisiana, and I'm not as Jordan Brown started at Nevada. That's one of your that's one of your Mountain West schools, you know. I mean, then he went to Arizona. I mean, so I mean, don't you have a little lean on that way? You got a Mountain West guy that hung out in the Mountain West a little bit, seven footer, was a big time recruit at one point. No, all right. So I no, I don't. I don't. (laughs) I'm not believing in this team. Uh, But let's talk about Tennessee without Zakat Ziegler. How can they win this game and at least advance potentially? Well, I mean, look, they have to play point guard by committee. Uh, it puts a lot on the plate of uh, Sati Veskari. I mean, it just really does. I mean, here you're talking about he, he's really good off the ball. Uh, they're going to try to have to probably advance pass, get into their offense, and, and go from there. It's not like they're going to have a ball in his hands and he's just going to go make a play like Ziegler does. They don't have that, that really, really locked down perimeter on the basketball uh, defender. And you saw that when they played Auburn at the end of the season. Wendell Green goes for 27. They didn't have a guy that could just sit down and sit in the stand, stay in front of them, make life miserable. Uh, I like when Rick plays small and goes with Josiah Jordan-James at the four because that relieves some pressure off the ball handlers. He could be a secondary ball handler. Um, we know they're going to defend. It's whether they get stuck offensively. I don't think they get stuck offensively in this game, but uh, Bobby Marlin's done a great job at Lafayette, man. He's done a great job. He's a terrific coach, great guy, lifer. So impressed with what he's done, so happy for him. But uh, – I think Rick will have his team ready to play. I don't see an upset there. All right, so before we go to the bottom part of the East, we both agree with a Purdue-Memphis and a Duke-Tennessee. Purdue-Memphis. And I will say this, I think you'll agree with me on this, Seth, that because there tend to be upsets in other parts of the bracket, and we saw this last year, Carolina played a 15 St. Peter's in the Elite Eight. I have found, historically, that for the one seed, Sometimes the hardest game is the second round game because you know you're getting a good team, an 8-9. They're, they're good. Whereas in that Sweet 16 Elite Eight, a lot of times it's a double-digit team. Someone got upset, but you know for sure there's a good game in that second round. And here we are, if this happens, Purdue-Memphis. What do you see? Well, here's the problem. It's a hard matchup for Purdue and that Memphis is going to get up underneath them. And when you get up underneath Purdue – uh, your, your goal is to push them out a step. If you can push them out a step, then all of a sudden that post-entry pass is, is longer, and now all of a sudden the defense can, can recover. So you can fight Edie. Maybe he has to step off the block to catch it because it's such a long pass. Uh, you can extend your defense, which Penny will do, try to turn him over, get some score ahead of the defense, which is important because you know what's underrated about Purdue is their defense and the impact Edie has defensively. So... Uh, this will be the uglier the game gets, the faster the game gets, the more physical the game gets in the backcourt, the better it is going to be for, for Memphis. Uh, they do have a guy that can take over a game. And, and Kendrick Davis, he can take over a game. He can come off high spreads. He can come off uh, drags. He can come off double drags. He can, he can come off drop coverage, you know, and, and snake it. I think Purdue's going to win this game, but I think it is going to be a a close game right down to the very end. I agree with you. I think this one is going to be – I think this would be the hardest game for them to get to the Final Four in this bracket. They obviously – we talk about this next week if they get there. You know, they and I know it was early, but Edie's also better, but they did beat Duke and Marquette early in the season, but we'll see what happens. All right, Duke, Tennessee. Who do you like? Yeah, I like Duke. Uh I don't think – look, Duke's got 14 feet of post player. Kyle Filipowski is just a brutal matchup. Lively, uh, and he's going to probably be guarded by Olivia Kamwa, who's a very good defender. But 
he hasn't played against a guy like like Filipowski. And then in the backcourt, I think that the defensive pressure by by Duke and Duke's ability to offensive rebound even against the Tennessee team that's a good defensive rebounding team. Duke's ability to attack certain matchups, maybe go at Vescovi early so that make him guard. Uh, I think that those things will become a factor. So I, I like Duke in this game. Uh, I just think Duke right now, you know, forget about you know the playing the best basketball. Uh, they they've all given up a little bit for the good of the group. They they have complete buy-in and started defensively, but their offense is caught up to their defense right now. Uh, the ball doesn't get stuck late game. They know exactly where they want where they're going. Um, they're making plays for each other. Uh, they're going back to hot hands. Uh, all the things you need to do in the tournament to make sure that you continue to advance. They're doing them. Well, let me just say I agree with you, and I just think, uh, and I would be there for that because that's where I'm going to be, a Purdue-Duke game on a <clears throat> Thursday night at Madison Square Garden. Wow. No, that would be you know what that's going to be? That's going to be Cameron North is what that's going to be. Yes. The atmosphere is going to be off the charts if that happens. Um, all right. Let's go to the bottom part of the bracket. These games are in Greensboro. We've got Kentucky Providence and K-State Montana State. Uh, again, the 6-11 game, you know, at the beginning of the season, Kentucky was projected to be much higher than this. Providence not even in this game, not even in the tournament. Bryce Hopkins obviously is a big story. Played at Kentucky, playing at Providence. But Providence is not playing well. It's a conspiracy lost. matchup, Andy. It's a conspiracy matchup. Yes, but they're not playing well. Now, now two of those games they lost were to UConn, and they did lose to Seton Hall, but they, they, you know, they're, they're going in the wrong direction. Kentucky, again, if they're not playing Vanderbilt, they have played well, but outside of Andy. But, again, we don't know which team we're going to get. What do you think? I, I think Kentucky's good. Look, they're going to be ready to play. After what happened last year against St. Pete, they're going to be ready to play. Um, now, they're going to have to do some things to win this game. I mean, Providence plays really hard. They're undersized, but they get to the glass. Hopkins, obviously, is a matchup problem, and obviously that'll be Jacob Toppin's matchup, a guy he play, played against every single day in practice a year ago. In the backcourt, Carter's going to try to get up and under Dev, uh, Case of Wallace, which will be interesting to see if he can do that. be interesting also to see if Xavier Wheeler is back because he might be able to – you know, maybe give him 10 minutes where he can just bust something out and get out in transition, uh, come off a screen, get downhill, you know, get to the rim. I think in the end, uh, I liked the until the other day, I liked the way Kentucky was starting to defend. Kaysen Wallace was good on the ball, but, he, you know, he just came back off an injury. Jacob Topping was basically, uh, I think he went 13 to 14, 13 out of 14 double-figure scoring. He was rebounding the ball. He was playing some high-low basketball with, Oscar, which is important. Antonio Reeves knows where his shots are coming from. He shot it poorly against Vanderbilt. Uh, as long as Kentucky brings the fight, because Providence will bring the fight. <clears throat> as long as Kentucky brings the fight, I think they win this game. I agree with you as well. All right, K-State, Montana State, Montana State, back-to-back Big Sky champs. Eastern Washington was probably the best team <clears throat> in the regular season. Uh, I love this K-State team. Keontae Johnson, one of the best stories in college basketball. He collapsed December 12, 2020 at Florida to be resuscitated. Makes this comeback. Can't play at Florida. Plays at K-State. Remember, this is a player who was the SEC preseason player of the year. He's had a great year. An All-American year. He was actually just named an All-American. But so was Marquise Noel, his teammate. They were, they're both AP All-Americans. Uh, and Jerome Tang waited, waited, waited. Right opportunity. Gets this job. Uh, I like Kansas State here for sure against Kentucky, your thoughts in this matchup in Greensboro against Montana State? Yeah, I, 
I like Kansas State. I like the job Jerome's done. Uh, I like the energy that they play with. Uh, Naquan Tomlin also is another tough matchup up front. Uh, I, I look at them, and I look at a team that has a number of different guys that can score it. I look at the pace that they play with. Short clock, they have some really good isolations that they run for Keontae Johnson. Noel gifts him out in transition, gets some easy buckets. Um, you know, Big 12's brutal. I think getting out of the Big 12 will be a, a breath of fresh air. Uh, and I think that they'll win this game. All right, so we agree. So we've got a Kentucky-Kansas State game in Greensboro. We'll get to the pick here in a minute. Bottom part of the East bracket, Michigan State-USC, 7-10, Marquette-Vermont at 2-15 in Columbus. So Michigan State-USC, to me, these are two very similar teams. They've also been wildly inconsistent. Uh, I love the matchup between Tyson Walker and Boogie Ellis. Both guys can go off for 30. Uh, both schools and coaches probably disappointed in how their conference tournaments ended. Uh, and I kind of feel like this is a pick because I could see it going either way. Yeah, there's a couple of matchups that are be interesting. I think, uh, you know, Drew Peterson's a hard matchup for Michigan State, depending on where they play him. I think, uh, obviously, the, the matchup is really A.J. Hogarth and Boogie Ellis. Uh, which will, those two guys will go at it pretty yeah, good. That's the matchup offense, defense. I was just saying of the two teams, the guys that can go off, Walker and Ellis. Yeah, Walker's so good at the end of, at the end of games. He's, he really is a good finisher. He comes off that, those different angled ball screens that they run, and, and you know he plays with great, great confidence. You know, the, the backcourt of uh, Michigan State really struggled in the, in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, really disappointed. I know Tom was really disappointed. Uh, I'm sure their practice has been a lot of fun. Uh, this is a very good defensive team for USC. Peterson, Ellis, obviously have a lot invested in this in this thing. I think Joey Hauser, I think Malik Hall could be the difference in this game. Uh, and I don't you know like the whole idea about you know January, February is oh, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with their backcourt is good, but their backcourt needs to show up and be ready to play. And if their backcourt's ready to play, then all of a sudden the game gets easier for Joey. It gets easier for Malik Hall. It gets easier for Aikens, it, it, the game just gets easier. So shot selection, taking care of the ball. Michigan State's done a good job with that this year. They're an elite three-point shooting team. They'll rebound the basketball. They have not guarded worth a lick. They haven't guarded at all. And they've got to be up to guard in this game because Boogie can go off. Uh, but I think they will guard better. I know that's been a point of emphasis this week for Tom in practice and talking with him. Uh, and I think they advance in this game. I agree with you. Uh, who will they play? I think Marquette, Tyler Kolick, uh, no one had him as the preseason Big East player of the year. There he was winning the regular season conference tournament, going against John Becker's Vermont Catamounts. They won the America East again. Seventh straight year they've had the America East player of the year. This time it's Finn Sullivan, who started his career at San Diego. Um, again, could Vermont pull off an upset? Maybe, but this is the wrong one in my opinion. I like Marquette to continue the run they're on. Shock has done an unbelievable job with this group. So I have a Marquette-Michigan State matchup in Columbus. What say you? Yeah, Marquette. Tarla Kolok's the best passer in college basketball. He might be one of the best guards overall in college basketball. Uh, you know, that team has an epidemic of passing. They share the basketball. The ball doesn't get stuck. The ball has energy. Uh, he sees all five defenders at all time. He ignites their transition game. Cam Jones, obviously, is a big-time scorer to compliment him. But I think it's their front court that doesn't get enough attention. I think those two bigs, Prosper and, and – uh, also, Igadaro are as skilled and as good a passing ball handling bigs as there are in the country. And they also have versatility in terms of defending. This isn't this isn't havoc, but they do turn you over. 
It's to me, it's havoc offensively on the pace they play with and the spacing they play with and how aggressive they are and how freed up they are offensively. Uh, so I've got I've got Marquette advancing there. All right. So to get to the Sweet 16 in New York, <clears throat> join Duke, Duke and Purdue. We've got K State, Kansas State. Excuse me, Kentucky, Kansas, Kansas State. State. Um, Michigan State, Marquette. Which two teams join Duke and Purdue at MSG? I think Kentucky beats uh, wins their game. I think uh, I, I think Kentucky finds a way against uh, Kansas, Kansas State, State to win. I think that uh, again, I, I I look at matchups. I think matchups are so important. I think that they got to contain Noel. And kids, that's Casey Wallace's matchup. Yep. And Casey Wallace is an elite on-ball defender. He's a physical on-ball defender. Now, the, the key is in this game is going to be defensive transition because in the Vanderbilt game and the games that Kentucky has struggled, their defensive transition has been has not been good enough. They've got to get back, build a wall, and guard the basketball. All right? They can't just follow the fly to the ball. They can't just jog back. they got to outnumber the ball in transition. J- Jacob Toppin's going to have to run the floor with Keontae Johnson or Marquise uh, or, or, or Tomlin. And that's going to be really, really important because if you go back and you chart it, the games that Kentucky's done has not played well as they haven't guarded. They've done a poor job in defense transition, and and they get just give up too many easy scoring opportunities. So Kentucky's going to rebound the ball. They got to set their defense. They got to keep Marquise Noel out of the lane. They got to keep Naquan Tomlin off of the glass, and then they've got to come early to help and make. Make Keontae Johnson a passer, even if it means running a second defender at him. They do that, and they play with the confidence and sense of purpose. I think John's done a really good job offensively of freeing up Reeves, getting the ball inside to Oscar some, letting Oscar play off the post, off the elbow some, on the baseline some, on curls and pops. Uh, I think Kentucky wins that game. Wow. Can you imagine that ticket if Kentucky and Duke are at the Garden for the Sweet 16 on that Thursday? That would be an incredible. Only guys as rich as you could get those tickets. They wouldn't be playing each other unless they got to the Elite Eight. But and you'll be a Duke homer anyway because your son's going to Duke. So I yes. mean, like you know. So now you got the Big Ten covered. You got Duke covered. You got the Mountain West covered. You got you know the A Ten. I mean, like who don't you have covered? All right, I'm going to go K State. I'm going to say they upset Kentucky, uh, even though it's not a seed upset. Um, all right, Marquette, Michigan State. Do you have Marquette? Going back to the Garden where they just won the Big East tournament. Yeah, I do. I do. I I, I like uh, I like this Marquette team. I like I like their toughness. I like Kolick. I think he plays with a lot of freedom. Uh, now they're going to have to rebound the ball and they're going to have to guard in the half court a little bit more purposely. But uh, Marquette's energy, Marquette's back court, Marquette's skilled front court. Marquette's spacing against the Michigan State team that has not shown me their ability to get stops consistently. I've got Marquette winning this game. I do too. So we have a little bit of a difference. We have Duke Purdue. I have Kansas State Marquette. You have Kentucky Marquette. And man, that's going to be one hot ticket in Madison Square Garden. Uh, That could definitely be the hottest ticket. Uh, outside of, uh, you know, we'll see what happens uh, out west in Las Vegas. But um, no question about it. That would be a unbelievable regional semi-potential final in the East Bracket in Madison Square Garden. 
That's our East breakdown at Seth on Hoops at the Andy Cats. Of course, go to wherever you find your podcast to find life on the bubble. Thanks for listening.